Thanks for joining us for season two of the Hospitality Hangout. This is a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders at Branded Strategic share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the Finance Guy, and I'd like to introduce my friend and partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the Restaurant Guy. Thanks for that uh, kind and warm introduction, Jimmy, and to all those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. Together, we're the personalities behind Branded Strategic Hospitality. We work at the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, and capital. I don't know if my intro was warm or kind, but I was told I had to be uh, at least decent and respectful. So, And you were. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, you got that, Shatsy. Listen, before we jump in today's episode, I just want to let our listeners know that at the end of the show, we'll have a special invitation to share with the audience, courtesy of our guest today. We think you're going to like it, so please stick around to the end. We are very excited to introduce our guest, our friend, our partner, and the CEO of Targetable, Mr. Andrew Nash. Following this, in the suit of uh, the theme of season two, Andrew's another industry expert who has a successfully merged his backgrounds in hospitality and technology, and we can't wait to get the conversation started. Andrew, welcome to the podcast. Why don't we let you take the lead and give us a little introduction on you and, of course, your company, Targetable. Thanks, Jimmy, uh, and, and Shatsi as well. Um, thanks for having me on the hospitality hangout here. It's uh, For what it's worth, I really appreciate not being on Zoom. We've had enough Zooms for a while, huh? Yeah, I'm kind of Zoomed out till 2021. But, um, so yeah, look, I'm a, I'm a technology entrepreneur. I've got a little, uh, about 35 plus years of experience uh, working all over the globe. You'll notice my uh, Southern accent. I'm, uh, it's fantastic, I'm by the way. Yeah, I'm loving it. I'm sticking with it there, Shatsy. <laughs> I uh, migrated to the US uh, in the mid nineties and have been having a blast over here ever since. Uh, I, for my sins, I've actually had about 20 plus years now experience in e-commerce, web analytics, digital marketing across a whole bunch of uh, industries. Uh, a little about Targetable. Well, Targetable is a cloud-based software platform that frankly simplifies the creation and placement of paid social media ads. Uh, so, you know, business owners can do what they do best, which is, you know, focus on my Manhattan. <laughs> I like it. Focus it. The drinks. Let's go there. <laughs> um, Andrew, thank you so much. Listen, um, as I said in the intro, a common theme of our guest this season has been those who have successfully combined their backgrounds in hospitality, tech, and finance. Can you tell our listeners how you transitioned uh, from tech CEO to hospitality marketing CEO? And also, I can't help but uh, you know really think our listeners would want to hear, can you also tell us how you became an advisor to the HBO awesome show, Silicon Valley? Yeah, I got to tell you, how'd that end, man? How did that not still be on the air? I love that show. <laughs> yeah, 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 season six, but, uh, you know, we went uh, the spoiler alert. Once I how it ends, you got to watch it all the way through because uh, I, may, I may or may not be still getting royalties. Only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think from a, you know, the tech CEO transition, uh, I've had the, both the privilege and the benefit of working across a very diverse set of industries globally. Uh, and, in fact, I've worked in 20-plus countries Uh and a lot of that experience has been across um, digital consumer interactions in each of those industries. So the, the big one lesson that I've learned is that you really need to understand the data and become what I call the, the data whisperer. You know, So it's uh, you just got to listen and see what the data is doing, and uh, it will lead you to the answer. Now, overall, digital, digital marketing skills are portable across multiple industries, so it really isn't that much of a stretch to focus on hospitality marketing. Um, just as a, an interesting fun fact, if you think about the farm to fork model, the last company I built was an ag tech company that was digitizing um, plants for uh, plant science in the permanent tree crops, working with citrus, nuts, blueberries, 
cacao plants in Brazil and Ecuador. So, uh, you know, the way I look at it, it's about time I now focus on the fork side of the equation on the farm to fork model. So that's kind of how I got there. Um, yeah, thanks. The, that, you got more? You can keep coming, baby. Uh, I'm not going to keep coming. I, I got to get on. No, because like I, I said, no one talks more good than Jimmy. Oh, no, I, I'm going to give him a run for his money today. So the, oh, uh, like the, <laughs> I, I'd like to see that. that we have yet yeah. to see anybody challenge Jimmy. Yeah, uh, so, listen, thanks for that. Um, can you well, listen? You, you, before, before I get there, come on. We got to yeah, do sure. the Silicon. We got to do the Silicon Valley thing. You can't. You can't just leave that hanging out there, right? Uh, right there, Jim. Yeah, Shad, don't cut off my second question, man. Don't cut me out, man. Man, that's his big question. That's his big question. That's the best question. Yeah, there we go. So look, the short answer was it was the most amount of fun I've had for the least amount of money. But you know, Silicon Valley was just a total blast. Um, the backstory is um, kind of fun. It was uh, a good friend of mine that I worked with who uh, in India at the time, who was the head of digital at one of India's largest retailers. And he had a very strong Hollywood background. Uh, when he relocated back to LA, he went, he went to work with uh, Three Arts Entertainment. And um, in short, Mike Judge and Alec Berg, originally Seinfeld fame, uh, were putting together a new show. Uh, fun fact, which the team may not know, was the original placeholder for the show was called Deep Tech. Not Silicon Valley. Look at that. Look, now, we're getting we're getting inside information on uh, hospitality hangout. Inside people. baseball, deep tech. You're going to get a little bit more here. So the, the fun part about this was Mike, um, Mike Judge was actually a computer scientist and software engineer himself pr prior to his big breakout career with Office Space, Beavis and Butthead, King of the Hill, and that sort of stuff. Wow. And Mike, Mike was entirely passionate about the technology being accurate, so much so that, you know, said, we, we really have to make technology as accurate as the chemistry was in Breaking Bad. And that's how I got the gig. Uh, my job was basically to make sure that the technology was both current and accurate. And, you know, you can imagine, you know, I'm sitting there with the writers and the script guys who are like, oh, but this idea would be really cool. I'm like, yeah, but that technology doesn't work and it's kind of fake. Uh, so we had this uh, idea of a dog whistle test so that for every single technology element in the show, you know, the hardcore engineers and geeks would say, hey, they got that right. I mean, even down to the fact that we would put, you know, technology design diagrams up on the walls and we knew that the geeks would actually go and take uh, still shots of that and go and check whether that was accurate or not. And they did do. Um, finally, the thing that was the most amount of fun, and I'm going to challenge everybody to go out and find this, we actually crossed our media boundaries. And uh, if you go on the internet today, you can find all sorts of fun artifacts all over the web. So you can still go to www.drinkhomicide.com, which was the fake homicide uh, energy drink in season two. It's still up there today. <laughs> and we stuck a whole bunch of other Easter eggs out there. And the, for us, it's an insider's joke, but there's a whole bunch of them that still haven't been found yet. And uh, we, we're just crying laughing with the things that we did. And I won't go to the end of season one with the world's longest uh, dick joke, but believe it or not. <laughs> Well, I've always been a huge fan of the show, always, always enjoyed it. And it's great to hear. I mean, because you, know, you watch a show like that and uh, you wonder how they get all the technical uh, information correct, because it seemed to me like that. I mean, I know they made up like I guess it was like a kind of a fake Google kind of company, but it just seemed to me that that's the way Silicon Valley is. That's how it works. And, and, and it seemed that's as far as I'm concerned, that's Silicon Valley. So that's really cool. And that must have been an incredible experience. And uh, how much did you get paid? Can you tell us that? <laughs> no. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no you yeah, not. <laughs> man, uh, so I'd have to uh, consult with the attorneys there, Shatsy. Sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want you to get in trouble. Well, thanks for all that. And we're going to change gears a little bit because we're here to talk a little bit more about Targetable. You've had an incredible career. You're a technologist, you, you know, 35 years and an incredible uh, resume. Can you tell us a little about Targetable? 
how it got started, when it got started, where it is today, and where is Targetable going? Yeah, it's a great, great questions. I'll try and roll them all together. So uh, our, our vision is really to simplify the ability to reach customers and drive results. You know, we could make it a lot longer, but that's what our vision and you know, what we set out to do. Now, that, you know, to drive results is to get reservations, to get orders, to you know, create loyalty, to get people coming back and to measure that. We started by working very closely with the brands to understand how we could demystify what I would call the, the, the mind-numbing complexity of placing ads on um, platforms like Facebook and Instagram and similar, or you know, having to do something simply so they didn't have to go and uh, retain an agency. Um, so we decided to build a platform that automates all the complexity so you don't need to be um, you know, a marketing technology rocket scientist. Uh, and we built something that has all the guardrails so you can navigate all the the very complex uh, digital media rules, which change on a daily basis. Said simply, we, we wanted to build something where digital advertising should just work and it should be simple. Now, in the future, we're going to add more and more capabilities to the platform so we can simplify marketing for our customers. And also, we're going to keep up with all the rules and the changes and the privacy and all the other consumer requirements. So, frankly, our customers don't have to. I love it. No, really do. And uh, we've seen technology that acts as an ally to its customers to enter the industry. And we think Targetable is all of that. Um, something I know uh, you, you've been talking about in relation to Targetable is this two-for-one branding and this direct action media buying. For those of us who are not familiar, uh, can you let us know more uh, about this? Sure, absolutely happy to, Jimmy, you know that. So the uh, branding is really about getting your name out there in the way you want customers to think about you. So think of if you're launching a new concept or uh, a new virtual kitchen brand, or even a new location. That's all about branding. Um, direct action, and this is the other part of the two-for-one from our platform, is about getting immediate results. Think capturing an order, capturing a reservation, putting a coupon offer out there. The short answer is you can do both on the targetable platform rather than hiring a PR agency for branding, then hiring a digital agency for uh, direct action. Uh, and our customers are seeing results. One of our nas national customer national customers a chain, um, they reach their target customers nearly 25 times less expensively than using Bellpack with an average of a four-mile radius from their participating stores. And at the same time, their click costs were about half of the uh, half the cost of the Facebook average using our platform. You know, Andrew, as a restaurant owner and operator for 25-plus uh, years, I know that uh, you know we've had our challenges with marketing. We've seen so many changes in the industry of how we market and how we do it. Facebook came around and Instagram came around, and that became you know the rage. I, mean, I remember when Facebook first started, it was all about getting likes. Everybody wanted likes. And then Instagram became the, um, the, the, the real platform. And that's, I guess, where we are today. It's really uh, Instagram seems to be the big platforms. And I know that, you know, posting photos is, is easy. It's fun. My wife loves doing it. But it's a guessing game when you're a business trying to target uh, your customers. You really don't know uh, who you're, you're paying for ads. You really don't know who's seeing the ads. You don't know if, it's, if you're getting the right, the right message to the right people. Um, and I think Targetable is really, I mean, we've been using Targetable for a while. We love it. It's really helping that. But it is a lot more complicated than, and, and, and in trying to get the message across. Can you share with our listeners a little bit of how Targetable helps small and large operators with their digital advertising without having to hire and go outsource and hire? The whole idea is I don't have the budget to hire a digital agency. I want to do it myself, but maybe I don't have the time every day to post. So how is Targetable helping both the small guy and the large operators with their digital advertising? 
Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I think the the hardest part about social advertising is is really navigating the, the, the process, the specifications, the rules. And yeah, I'm going to tell you, I've been doing this for 20 plus years and I've got to look it up every single day to see what changed yesterday. Now, you know, again, if I need that, if I need someone focused on my really great Manhattan, which is really key to me, I want them doing that. I don't want them to be figuring that out. So we needed to, we decided to build a platform to put all of that into the platform to make it really easy. You know, from a business owner perspective, you also need to be pretty clear on the objectives. Are you trying to drive more orders? Are you trying to expand your audience or both? Um, it's less about, um, in my mind, you know, what's cost effective because these platforms are insanely cost effective. It's more about knowing how to uh, place uh, place ads and actually capture the right call to action or the right audience. Um, the other thing is there's, uh, there's all sorts of different campaign and ad types and you need to be aware of, are you, are you are you placing an advertisement for uh, to, cap, to capture and expand the brand? Are you capturing an advertisement to uh, act on a specific or direct action? The other thing is you should you know you should you know never you know never guess or, or never be in the dark. You should actually experiment and see what works. Um, you know, a simple example I'll give you is uh, most uh, a lot of folks don't even know how to use what I call the geofencing or target radius. Um, mm -hmm. the, the key thing you need to do is you've got to keep it tight. You only want to uh, target audiences somewhere between about two and four miles of the radius of your actual physical store. And that's just one little thing you need to know. And there's a ton of, you know, if you really want to dig into this, there's a ton that you need to learn about Facebook and using it correctly. And that's why agencies can frankly um, charge so much. Uh, in fact, one of our customers, um, Alan from HA Burgers, you know, he, he basically sums it up and says, you can't hire someone for 150 bucks a month in an agency. Um, and it's well worth the money for your time to have this stuff done right. So he loves our platform. I mean, so the, the, there is no silver bullet for any for everything. But think of we're trying to make it as simple as we can and actually put it back into your hands. And you should be able to control your advertising. Uh, but don't worry, we'll deal with all the complexity, the rules and everything else. And we'll just make it simple for you. Yeah, no, you know something, I agree with everything you're saying. It's, um, it really, it, you know, from a restaurant, again, back to the restaurant operator, it's, it's really hard to run a restaurant, even, you know, forgetting COVID, it was, it was hard to run a restaurant before. It's obviously even more difficult now, but let's just pretend everything was normal. It's hard to run a restaurant. And I think, uh, asking, um, a restaurant operator who is generally either something, you know, a chef or he's uh, is a, something uh, passionate about food or an operator. And now you're saying in, in, in today's world, you've got to be, uh, you know, a, a chief marketing officer. You've got to be an expert on Instagram. And that's that, you know, that may not come natural to a lot of people. So that's why we love Targo because it makes it really easy. But outside of just using Targetable, you're a really smart guy. You know technology. You know a lot about this. What other uh, things, what other tips can you give some of our listeners who are operators out there who are just starting or thinking about digital advertising, or maybe they've been very weak on the, the Facebook and Instagram, what other things are there that they should be doing other than just, obviously they have to get targetable first, but what other tips can you give us? Yeah, so if you, if, if uh, someone's just starting to think about digital advertising, I, I, I'm always upfront to say, be very clear on your objectives, whether it's branding or direct, direct action, as we discussed. And then also be clear on budget. You don't actually have to spend a lot of money. We've seen uh, our customers spend as little as uh, $20 a week and get incredible results. So 
this is not a you know a kind of a, a huge boil the ocean very expensive approach. You can actually uh, you can actually engage and brand and get your, yourself out there very easily. Now, what I encourage everybody to do to you know, build your confidence. Start with a very small budget and understand the results that you got from that small budget, and then scale. Uh, as we talked a little earlier, if you if you're a new concept or a you know virtual uh, kitchen that you're launching, you know to do. To develop your own brand in the local target market, use some geofencing with a two to four mile radius. Um, you could spend a, a day or so trying to figure out how to do that on the Facebook manager, or we'll just say, mm -hmm. yep, there's the rule. Um, you know, we'll tell you also placing ads with a wide radius is less effective because you've got to think about what, you know, what's the delivery radius and is the food going to be, right. is the food going to be a great experience by the time it gets there, it, right? It, it almost like it looks attractive because you see the numbers go up in your reach of audience, yeah. but, uh, you know, the chance of them coming to your restaurant or your business is probably low. Yeah. And this comes back to the, the data whisperer point that I, I raised earlier. You've got to be bang on and you've got to understand the data and yeah, don't get overly excited about, you know, you can reach 300 million people. I'm like, yeah, cool. But guess what? Your food's not going to make it. Till, uh, <laughs> right, right. But it looks cool. Exactly. Like, yeah, You're like, wow, yeah. 300 million. Right. Yeah, no, no, but, my sales will be incredible. Yeah. And, and my, my barbecue looks great in Idaho after leaving New York. But anyway. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, but also, you know, you know, up to that point, you know, think about your order and your delivery strategy. Um, you know, think about, um, you know, the one, the big one that we get people to focus on is think about driving, you know, orders to your own website or to your own uh, order app and you know you'll see some incredible um you know direct action rather than just waiting for it to come from one of the delivery platforms where you'll get commissions taken so that's in your hands um the other one you know the example i'll give you we had a cafe in miami that just using very simple techniques saw a three and a half three and a half times growth in their daily sales just by directing to their direct website um, after using our platform and their their dollar spend was literally less than a hundred dollars a week uh, so you know, this wasn't a whole um, this wasn't a whole lot of spend. Uh, the other key thing I want people to really focus on, um, and this is kind of the big mistake, is they, they're like, "Oh, we're on Facebook and we're on Face and we're on Instagram." Uh, it, it's really not about the likes and organic. Just placement out there is not enough. The the big difference between organic, which means I'm on the platform but I don't pay for ads, um, or even boosted posts as well, because boosted post is just um, you know, an ability to, you know, spin up a lot of money and go reach a lot of eyeballs who aren't necessarily even your target audience. Um, mm -hmm. But, and even if you think about the followers, even if I get, you know, 10,000, 20,000 followers, the way Facebook and Instagram works, less than 10% of your followers actually see your posts. So all, mm -hmm. all the platforms are now pay to play. Uh, the good news is, right. you know, you don't need to spend a fortune on doing this. You can literally be seen by tens of thousands of people for just a few dollars per month. And that is the power of the platform. We've actually run tests where we've had customers who have reached 50,000 people for less than $20. Incredible. Okay. That's incredible. Yeah. So here's what you know. Here's the dirty little secret, though. You've got you to have a great ad. You've got to have a great message. It's got to be exciting. I mean, if you've got, if you've got a, you sort of a, a nuclear blow the roof off your mouth uh, burger, then, you know, get that little energy and excitement into the ad rather than here's a photo of my burger. Uh, we have direct delivery. I know which one I'm going for. I'm going for the blow the roof off, which is why I need all the Manhattans. But anyway, let's, uh, 
I'll digress. <laughs> no, no, I want to stick with this. Um, you know, at Branded, uh, our partner Dino likes to say, you know, as a restaurant owner, you know, we pay rent 24-7, so we should be trying to find as many additional revenue sources uh, as possible. And sometimes we like to think, uh, you know, that there are, you know, we're looking for revenues that might be hiding in, you know, in, in, in plain sight, profit hiding in plain sight. Um, we, we think that this should be, you know, incorporated into a digital marketing plan. And I think you were just describing some of the wins that Targetable has had for, uh, for your clients. Um, but can you tell us how Targetable works with clients to integrate uh, and promote? And you just highlighted some of the delivery services, the email marketing, gift cards. How does Targetable engage with its customers uh, in this basis? Yeah, so the, the easiest way to think about Targetable is that we're, we're an on-ramp to revenue opportunities. And that's kind of, you know, it sounds a little bit like marketing speak, but it's it's exactly what we do. What we do is we capture demand or interest and awareness about your brand, and then we tie it into um, the action. So, you know, the key actions here is something like zero or low commission online orders. Literally send a customer direct to your ordering app or your pages. Uh, if you want to drive cash independent of the order with gift cards, then run ad run ads to accelerate cash into your business, which is the lifeblood, uh, especially in this environment. Um, once you've got the customer, think about remarketing with email or SMS. The more customers that you have, the greater the opportunity to accelerate the repeat business and lifetime value. Um, think of um, also now the uh, it's becoming almost the, the the digital, the digital storefront to your physical store or virtual store. So you can drive actions such as reservations, merch, events, all of that are very simple to drive through that uh, on, you know, what I call on-ramp to revenue opportunities all on a single platform. So what we really do is orchestrate all those actions, but the Facebook and Instagram apps themselves amplify all of these other best practices and you should be taking advantage of all of them. Uh, and experimenting and figure out which ones drive the most amount of revenue uplift and then kind of do more of that and do less of the stuff that doesn't. It's that simple. You know, I have I have no right to uh, make a reference to uh, to Warren Buffett, but when when others are greedy, be fearful, and and when others are fearful, be greedy. Uh, I know that we are actually in this dis tremendous dislocation and transformation of the industry. We're trying to be more aggressive, uh, but but from what from your purview. Given the state of the industry, which is clearly, you know, getting hammered, especially in the on-premise space, are you seeing clients hesitant to spend money on ads, or is the opposite true? And they realize how critical it is to get their message out there. Um, and particularly, you know, given the heavy reliance right now on off-prem, um, are they turning to ads, you know, for the first time and trying to reach new customers? Yeah. I've, I, wow. Like I'm, I'm a great, great question central here. I mean, this is, um, this is. I, I um, made that question up just so you know, Andrew. Okay, yeah, you did not make that yeah. question up. You did not make that question up. <laughs> I make the good questions. Yeah, I say note, note to self, Jimmy, two credits. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, look, uh, you know, my response is we're actually seeing a little of both. Where, you know, we've I've talked to a number of our customer brands who have said, hey, we're just shutting it all down until next year. We're done. Uh, we're going to just, uh, you know, write it through, figure it out. And then I've got the, the other side of this uh, equation, which are what I call the folks who are like doubling and tripling down on digital to say, you know, we've got this interesting thing that's happening at the moment. You know, we've got this limit, you know, limited capacity makes it even more important to drive and reconfirm reservations, for example. So they're now sort of doubling down and thinking about how do I, you know, increase the velocity of my digital uh, interactions with my, with my guests. 
the other thing is it's really important because if you can keep guest loyalty through the pandemic, it is also, it's, a, it's a long game for guest loyalty and customer lifetime value post-pandemic. So there are those who are sort of doubling down and seeing this as the opportunity. There are others who are saying, nope, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm shutting it down and we'll go at it again. We're working with, um, in fact, a bunch of brands who have already got their budgets and everything set for you know, early 2021 and they're just waiting to see when they pull the trigger. But that's not the, the, the interesting game. The, the big trend is, is really to refocus digital advertising to off-premise calls to actions and you know, to focus on order capture for delivery um, or you know, socially distanced pickup. Uh, or you know, the one that I think is kind of blowing my mind is how quickly virtual kitchen concepts are coming up and I'm just embracing 100% digital. Uh, and you know, did you hear those words? 100% digital, that means they are going to be you know, very focused on making sure that they have um, awareness and can rise above the other brands uh, and compete for the uh, compete for the share of wallet for those new, with those new concepts. So they they are also going to need to have accelerated branding and awareness. So we're seeing a lot of activity um, in that um, segment. Um, so what we what we see are uh, many many folks are realizing that on premise, off premise, and virtual are actually becoming the new realities. They're not just a they're not just a pandemic thing. And some of the some of the more proactive folks are really sort of reconfiguring now for the future by saying, "Hey, we got we got downtime. We see what's happening. Let's go." You know, it's incredible. Um, thanks for all that. I think uh, it's a great segue into our new segment here in the hospitality hangout. Top of the tech stack, Andrew. Are you ready for top of the tech stack? Rock and roll, buddy. All right. Well, listen, after the, uh, over the last couple of weeks or months, I should say, operators have been really under a lot of pressure to really focus on technology, like you said, off-prem, online delivery, et cetera, et cetera. There's so much technology out there. You're a technologist. You've been in the business for, for so many years. Um, so my question for you at the top of the tech stack is, if you could suggest areas of technology for hospitality operators right now, Outside of the digital marketing with Targetable that we just talked about, what would be your best recommendation for operators to focus uh, their resources, bandwidth, et cetera, um, as far as technology goes? Outside of digital marketing and the advertising, what would be the next place you would put your time and energy if you're an operator in technology? Uh, dude, you're killing me. You're taking away from my favorite. <laughs> Apart from no, the, but, yeah, but um, we got Targetable's number one. Me. You got everybody <laughs> out there. Targetable number one. Facebook, Instagram number two. Yeah, no, everybody. Everybody should have <laughs> McDonald's-like kiosks in the front of this store. No, I'm only kidding. No, we're not doing that. We're not going there. Uh, oh no, sorry. Uh, actually, not without Lysol and a finger wipe. But uh, anyway, um, <laughs> I, I'm going to spin it a little bit here, guys. Where you know, to me, it should be no surprise. But the short answer here is, is think demand generation or a concept. I'm I'll sort of dig in a little. It's what I call the pre-customer experience. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so much of the industry is being focused around the in-store experience that, you know, so little of that was actually focused on the pre-customer experience, which is, you know, 600,000 plus restaurants. And it turns out I can't take my Manhattan to all of them yet, but I'm going to get there. I'm going to give it a shot, right? Mm -hmm. So how do I get, you know, more people into the funnel? How do I, you know, get in this new world, in this new world of what I call less seats but the same number of guest audiences to feed um you've got this um you've got this new thing that you need to do and it's not just about advertising and digital marketing it's about it's about your brand and whatever you can do to put you know put your brand out there that doesn't necessarily mean um uh, marketing um i think you are going to see uh, some new emerging models uh i would kind of embrace the um, um you know 
the listeners here to think about uh, even emerging social commerce. Uh, and we'll talk about that in a moment. I think the the thing we really need to focus on is you know the cost of you know the cost of acquisition versus a lifetime value. And what I mean by that is moving away from did I profit on these individual transactions with the guests um, versus you know how can I build uh, you know longer lifetime value and you know start to do that. So those technology systems are downstream once you actually get someone into the con you know conversion and they're buying stuff. Um, and the loyalty technology is how you actually know that, you know, you, you want to get more than one order and you want to build a lifetime revenue stream. So that's kind of a, you know, you know, the area I would focus on next is just connecting. If you, you know, the way I'd probably say it is connecting the pre-customer experience now to the, I've got you as a customer. I want to keep you as a customer and I want to build a big customer lifetime value around that. So. It's not just about the digital marketing place. I love this. We had on-ramp to revenue marketing. Now we got the pre-customer experience. I'm going to use these so much in in my oh, uh, in my work. I, I just it's, I know I'm going to hear this over oh, and yeah, over. Oh yeah, Shanti. But I'm going to give Andrew. I will. I will give attribution. I will, footnote. I'm going to give him the attribution. I'll footnote him. I love this stuff. This okay. is dropping dropping insight bombs. That's the first time Jimmy hey. going to footnote somebody. Jimmy's got three credits now. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, 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 I'm blow it by the end of the okay, podcast, but you know, let's, let's, let's let him roll. I, I always, I, I start strong and then I flail at the end. Oh, it always happens. What are we, what are we talking about now? Uh, never mind. Um, listen, it's time for a crystal ball moment, uh, a chance for all of our guests to put on their Kreskin or Miss Cleo hat and predict the future. So, so let's do this. How do you see restaurants and dining? two years out from now, which is a lifetime, given what's going on in our industry. But how do you see restaurants and dining two years from now in relation to online ordering and hospitality in general? Oh, well, okay, note to self, let's not use the same sort of picks that I use in my stock portfolio. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, let's see. So I guess in many, in many respects, I think the future has already been accelerated and delivered to us in some, you know, in some shapes as a result of the pandemic. We've rapidly moved into what I call a multi-brand, multi-location experience, and we've got this interesting, you know, side order of sustainability and plant-based food. So, you know, apart from that, there's not much change going on. So, you know, we are accelerating a whole lot of things, and I think the pandemic environment started that. Um, but part of the future is here, but I think it's going to accelerate even more, and there's going to be some bigger changes. So. Think of on the on the multi-brand front, virtual kitchens, ghost kitchens, dark kitchens, whatever you'd like to call them. You know, they they're, they're here to stay. I don't think this is a fad at all. Um, branded meal kits are here to stay, and that's going to be. Um, I talked earlier about a social commerce experience. Um, not everybody's going to roll over and say, "Hey, Blue Apron's already got that." It's, you know, we're seeing uh, branded restaurants who are now actually creating their own branded meal kits and creating social commerce experience, mm -hmm. which I brilliant. That's that's all about the brand and then capitalizing on you know multi-brand, multi-channel execution. Uh, so I do think that's going to become more mainstream. Um, I talked about multi-brand, multi-location. Now, multi-location is kind of a concept that hasn't got a lot of pickup yet, but I think it's going to get a lot more of it. So multi-location is it's it's more than just dine-in, pickup, or delivery. Uh, think of you know the point of consumption is going to be more and more flexible. Uh, and the visual you need to have there is a food delivery bot that's dropping something to you, you in the middle of Central Park. Now, you know, God knows, you know, they're going to be 50 people saying, nope, that's mine. Nope, that's mine. So, you know, the good news, the, the food delivery bots have got that figured out. But we are going to see ordering kiosks. We're seeing food delivery bots. So we're seeing, you know, delivery, consumption, uh, multi-channel, multi-location. 
And then I want to talk about the side order of plant-based foods because I think what we're seeing is this is going to be a big issue. Uh, this isn't a you know a vegan versus non-vegan thing. I mean, the flexitarian audience is as a segment, as a marketing segment, is growing into the thirty to forty percent plus of the population. It's coming through really quickly. So at the same time, we're sort of what I would call uh, you know, reconfiguring the form factor. We're also got a change in the demographic of the audience as well. And all of this is going to happen very quickly over the next uh, couple of years. Finally, the consumer willingness to identify with brands that are powered by sustainability and a, grow and a growing global conscious conscience is actually, it's going to, it's going to be interesting. So a long answer here, but I think you really need to run your restaurant like you're running an e-commerce site. It really need it really sort of will you'll focus on you know good a good digital marketing stack to actually you know show you how the physical restaurant becomes becomes the fulfillment center, and that's going to accelerate. So you know we're going to see some insane digital acceleration more so than we've seen in the past two to three years, and uh, it's going to be an interesting future. Yeah, I love it, Andrew. And Jimmy and I totally agree with you. Uh, firstly, I don't think that uh, we like to say that uh, COVID didn't really change anything. It just accelerated everything because I think a lot of the things we're seeing now, we were seeing this in the pipeline, but now it's just accelerated. We'd like to say um, we've got five years of tech in five months. So we totally agree with you about that. Um, we're going to quickly pivot to the branded quick fire. Andrew, I'll be asking you five lightning round questions, so don't think too hard. Are you ready? Okay, I'm, I'm strapped in. Let's go. Who would you prefer to play your co-star in a movie, Jack Nicholson or Robert De Niro? Oh, easy. Robert De Niro. Like the, the meat and the fuckers, um, Robert De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you getting dinner from tonight? Oh, Eddie V's. Favorite seafood here. What is your favorite food city in the world? Oh, come on. This is easy. Melbourne. <laughs> I love it. Favorite country you've ever lived in? Oh, double easy. Australia. <laughs> <laughs> this is the big one. This is the big one. If you were to challenge Jimmy or I to a game of gin rummy, who would you have a better odds of beating? Oh, wow. Um, uh, I'm, I'm leaning into Shatsy here. <laughs> Thank I'm you. Back, Thank you, Andrew. I'm yes, back. Jimmy. I knew. Come on. I mean, come on. You know, I knew. I, I got I got Jimmy in uh, Hangman. Oh, and what I get? He got, I think, he got uh, me in Checkers also. I don't know. Yeah, Checkers or it was... No, it was Ping Pong. It was Ping Pong. Ping Pong, Ping Pong. Yeah, yes. okay. Yeah, thank they, you, they, Andrew. They, they didn't want me I running think, around the table. Yeah, right. They didn't believe uh, here's I Here's the record right now. Jimmy 200, Shatsy 2. Yes. Oh, well, yes, that is. Uh, so I'm a tech guy. We're not playing like what, you know, Apex Legends or Fortnite. Come on, you're killing me here. What's with these uh, old, old school games? Oh, man, my nephew's a lot better of those than, uh, than I am. We had to go to old school. Listen, Andrew, <laughs> we are so appreciative of you spending time with us and joining us on the hospitality hangout. And we appreciate your hard work uh, supporting the industry, not just during this uh, difficult time, uh, but always. Um, to our listeners, I got to tell you, um, you heard it on the podcast a couple of times, the word love. Our uh, Targetable's customers love them. Our own marketing team loves it. It, it. It's very, that is not a common occurrence to have uh, people that really just truly love the product uh, for how much value it brings to them. So I, I say that uh, sincerely. Um, you know, to our listeners, I also want to add at the top of the show today, uh, we said that Andrew had a special uh, offer um, and we're going to now, we're going to announce that now. Andrew and Targetable will be offering one free month 
uh, to all new customers who sign up on the targetable platform. Did Andrew um, start drinking that bottle of whiskey when he gave this <laughs> offer? That's what I want to know. He started drinking early. Hey, Jimmy, are you sure about yeah. this? It's five o'clock somewhere. Um, yeah. But listen, yeah. to take advantage. You're lucky, lucky it wasn't three fingers versus two because you know, it could have been two, two, two months free. Oops. It could have been two months. Yeah, I mean, exactly. oh, yeah. <laughs> well, keep this podcast going. We might get there. No, seriously, to take advantage of the offer. Uh, and if you want to get in touch with uh, with Andrew and the team at Targetable for any reason, um, you can email Branded directly at admin at brandedstrategic.com, admin at brandedstrategic.com. We once gave out a cell number. It didn't go so well, so now we make you come through us. But it's all good. We'll make sure that we get you connected to Andrew and the, and his awesome team at Targetable to make the introduction. Uh, finally, to our listeners, uh, we do want to thank you so much for tuning in. We know there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and we appreciate and value that you choose to hang out with us. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our podcast. You don't miss out on exciting guests coming up that we'll be having um, in the near future. And better yet, invite a friend to hang out with us the next time. So again, to Andrew Nash. Jimmy, before you sign yeah. off, can I can I do my Seinfeld reference? Because uh, Andrew started off by saying that one of the, the uh, co-creators was Alec Berg. Oh, absolutely. Of Silicon Valley. Alec is fabulous. And of Seinfeld fame and yes. when he said Seinfeld fame I was about to give my Alec Berg line <laughs> and I forgot from Seinfeld so uh, I had to get that in there uh, I'm, I'm so now, fine you can, with, now you can go yeah I'm fine with that Chazzy because I was so I was so sure you're going to start imitating the Australian accent and I tell you it's never well received it no, never it's never, it's never I going good. You don't do it so yeah, I give no. you the Alex Berg uh, listen uh, we and appreciate guys, you I, Andrew I, I promise also not to try and do an American accent we're all good <laughs> or the New York accent. Yeah, yeah. I was like, one of our, one of our accents is deemed to be globally attractive, and the other one comes from Shatsy and me. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> listen, Andrew, you are a great guest. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this is Jimmy Frischling, your finance guy, uh, signing off, and my boy Shatsy. This is the restaurant guy, aka Shatsy. Thank you for coming to the hospitality hangout, and thank you, Andrew Nash. Thank you, guys. Thanks, everybody. I want to make sure we uh, alert you that our next guest will be Andrew Feigenson, the CEO of Personica, formerly known as Fishbowl. And we are really excited uh, to share what's going on with this company, one of the legendary uh, technology and friends of the industry. And there's going to be so much to talk about. So please check that out. Thanks. Mm-hmm.